Hello and welcome to the LDS study session with your host Matthew Roberts. We are on episode 202 today and we are diving into uh, the next section of the Come Follow Me uh, man manual that we have for this year. We are on December the 16th to December the 22nd which is the section all about Christmas. I'll be honest, I'm a little confused uh, why this section is all on Christmas. I suppose because, well, I mean, initially I was a, I was confused because it doesn't go into Christmas itself. It would have surely made sense for it to happen next week. But then I sat about it and realised and thought, oh, hang on, I know why. Because we are thinking about the Come Follow Me being a study of the week leading up to the Sunday rather than it being a study after the Sunday. So if we are studying through this week, ready for this Sunday, of course, as we know, um, every congregation of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will not be having a lesson at all, a second hour uh, this week. We will just be having a sacrament meeting focused on that sacrament meeting as a come follow, as was as a, you know, uh, come and see Sunday uh, for Christmas, which then I guess makes sense why we'll be studying for Christmas up to this week. And then next week, finishing off our New Testament study of Revelation, leading up to the Sunday following. I mean, of course, it is a fifth Sunday, so the majority of congregations will be doing something um, in the second hour uh, as directed by their bishopric. But uh, it does give an opportunity, I guess, for, for members to have studied something in case they want to draw on a, a study in the Come Follow Me uh, for their teaching. So I suppose that's why we're focusing on Christmas this week, even though we're not actually going to be hitting Christmas. Although, to be fair, after our Come, come and See Sunday, uh, next Sunday, we'll also be having a carol con a state carol concert, and so we will be really getting into the Christmas spirit. So, this is a good time as any uh, to get ready for that. So, uh, I'm going to look today at, at the personal study section, uh, which is entitled "Jesus Christ Condescended to Be Born Among Us on Earth," uh, which covers Matthew chapter one verses eighteen to twenty-five, two chapter two verses one to twelve, Luke chapter one verses twenty-six to twenty uh, thirty-eight. And Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20, basically a huge portion of the Christmas story. Um, and really, I've split this into two parts. There is one part where we consider who the Saviour was before he came to earth and who he was as he came to earth. And then tomorrow we'll consider the why, uh, because um, there is a really a lot of depth to this. So what I'm finding with this study is that actually, whilst we are looking at the Christmas story, which we know and love, uh, it's probably the most well-known story from the scriptures throughout the world. Um, so maybe we're not looking so much at the factual things of what happened because we, we probably know those very well. Um, but actually the, the doctrine behind it and who the Savior was is a very important point to consider. Why did so many angels, you know, sing at his birth? Why was, so, why was such reverence awed uh, when he came? I mean, at this point, if you haven't yet seen the, the church video, The Christ Child, I really would recommend it. Uh, I've seen it now, uh, and we're going to watch it together as a family, I think, for this uh, Come Follow Me section. And it really is just uh, a fantastic depiction of what it may have been uh, at the time of the Saviour. But to consider the question of who he was and, <coughs> and why such joy was, was shown at, at the fact that this child came to earth at that time, <clears throat> and we're, we're going to look at a couple of scriptures, uh, one from the New Testament, one from the Book of Mormon, and just some thoughts around it. So in John chapter 17, verse 5, uh, we read the Saviour himself uh, in his adult life speaking to the Father. And he says this, 
And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. This is obviously given in his great intercessory prayer in John chapter 17, verse 5. Uh, and the Saviour here seems to be de describing the fact that not only did he have glory uh, before this life, a glory which none of us can, can claim to or, it, or could have attained to, but he seemed to have this glory with the Father. And I think that that is a, is a very important um, phrase in that, set, in that verse, that this glory he had with the Father before the world was, which indicates perhaps not a, you know, a being on level with, with the Father. For, for, for certainty, he wasn't at the stage the Father was with a perfected, glorified body. Um, however, we know that he had a certain level of glory which we was well beyond our uh, capabilities uh, because of his choices, his agency, and his righteousness, uh, and his worthiness to be able to have such power. Uh, so that's a really important point, that he had a, a, a higher level of glory. And uh, I'm going to share a quote regarding this. Um, once I get to that quote, yep, uh, by Sterling W. Sill. Uh, who said, quote, We think of greatness partly in terms of what it has already accomplished and partly in terms of what it promises for the future. As I rerun my mental picture of Ascension Day, I like to think of the Redeemer in terms of his tremendous background. Not only had he created worlds without number, but in his pre-mortal existence he was that magnificent personage of great authority and power known in the scriptures as Jehovah, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He was the first begotten Son of God in the Spirit, and was chosen to be the saviour of the world because he was the best qualified for that important calling. Then, as a part of his own progression, he took upon himself a body of flesh and bones and became the only begotten son of God in the flesh. Close quote. I love the start of that um, quote where he says the greatness is usually measured in what it has already accomplished and what it can accomplish in the future. It's rare that we you know, get excited about the greatness of something when it hasn't done anything already or when it hasn't evidence this greatness before we begin to get excited about it and also it's rare that we think of greatness um, fully if it doesn't promise anything in the future the savior is the perfect example of being able to um, be excited or have greatness before uh, it occurs or before it begins and with a promise of what it can do later on the savior personifies that in the fact that he was the god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the great Jehovah, with great power before this life, and he would have great power to do even more things for us after, uh, or during his life, and consequently after his life. Uh, further scripture I want to share on this is in Mosiah, chapter 3, verse 5, where again uh, we consider the, the, om the omnipotence of the Saviour before this life. Um, again, we've got uh, another great teacher, um, this time, King Benjamin, and he says this, For behold, the time cometh, and is not far distant, that with power the Lord Omnipotent, who reigneth, who was and is, from all eternity to all eternity, shall come down from heaven among the children of men, and shall dwell in a tabernacle of clay, and shall go forth amongst men, working mighty miracles, such as healing the sick, raising the dead, causing the lame to walk, the blind to receive their sight, and the deaf to hear, and, their, and curing all manner of diseases. Ezra Taft Benson, uh, 13th president of the church, I believe, said this, quote, Jesus Christ was and is the Lord God omnipotent. He was chosen before he was born. 
He was the all-powerful creator of the heavens and, and the earth and is the source of life and light to all things. His, law is the, his word is the law by which all things are governed in the universe. All things created and made by him are subject to his infinite power. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Close quote. And with just these couple of verses and couple of insights by general authorities, we start to get an insight of just why there was such excitement and joy by the angels, by those that witnessed it with the coming of the Saviour. Of course, we know that he was born in a manger. It was a very quiet uh, event by terms of world events, but it was one of the most joyful um, and you know promising events that happened in the history of mankind. Um, and so it's something which we need to recognise who the Saviour was so that we can truly understand the greatness of this Christmas story. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the study today. If there's anything you've been studying, I'd love to hear it at MattSRoberts90 on Twitter or email ldsstudysession at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts as we come up in, it come through the run-up to Christmas. Uh, and, yeah, until we meet again.